Hirashimase. This is Felix. This is Jim. What's up, man? No, nothing much. So, uh, <laughs> red wieners. What's up with them? <laughs> Don't like the color. What's the deal with them? Don't like the color. What is the deal with the red wieners in Japan, or at least in this show? Like, it's just a, a hot dog? It seems right? like it's just a hot dog, yeah. It seems like but the, our hot dogs, but red. The one the master cooks, it looks like like a uh, like those the fake food that you give to children to play with, like to cook. I don't know. It just the text, the the shine of it just looked made it look so unreal to me. So it's two things here: it's the texture and it's the color. Because the texture, yes. you know, it's already weird enough that hot dogs are pretty smooth, but they look really smooth. Like you could just rub your hand, like you can cut one in half. And just rub your hand, and it just glides across like a freshly cleaned window, you know, like like, like a bobsled going going down. Yeah, it just slides the, slides right off. Yeah, and I don't think meat should be that smooth, to be honest. And the second thing is the color. Yeah, you know that really really fake looking dye. It's fine in yeah. Jolly Ranchers and Skittles, but not in meat. Yeah, that's real messed yeah. up. Have, have you ever had them? I have never had them, and I don't know that I'd be willing to try them, honestly. I've had them when I lived over there for for about, like, half a year. I just, like, in random bentos, like, when I would go to, uh, I went to Temple University of Japan, so, like, that campus, it was small, but they, they had a pretty sizable cafeteria, and the, my friends over there, they had their own bentos, and, you know, I'd, I'd try them. I mean, I'm the kind of guy who can eat anything with rice, so... Hot dogs and rice was a staple in my house growing up. We didn't have much money, so my parents would buy, like, the family pack of, like, Deets and Watson hot dogs, and we'd just nuke them for, like, two minutes, and then I'd just cut them up and put them over rice, and, like, that would be, like, sometimes breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, no wonder I have high blood pressure and <laughs> high cholesterol now that I'm taking medication for, but hey, what are you gonna do? But the taste was worth it, right? Oh, Yeah. I was a pan-fried hot dogs and mac and cheese kid growing up. We didn't do a whole lot of rice. It was more so mac and cheese and potatoes and that kind of stuff. But you got to burn the hell out of them on the pan. And then you cut them up in the mac and that, that's all you need, baby. Nothing wrong with that. My brother is 10 years older than me, so he would take care of me sometimes whenever my both my parents were at work. Cute. And whenever he would do the dogs... Um, he would, uh, he would do that. He would, he would pan fry it and he used to call it hot balls. <laughs> and it's just like, cause he did something special and he never told me his secret. I think it was just like adding extra oil. Like, I don't know like what was to, like, he, he would try to make it his own, but you know, I, I still appreciate that. So, so thanks Kuya. I think that that's the best way to do it, man. You yeah. know, a lot of people like to boil them. And I think as a kid, I, I, I didn't really think about it a whole lot. Like, it didn't really disgust me in the way that it does now because when you're older and you actually start doing stuff on your own, like cooking for yourself and making food, you boil the hot dogs and it's fine. But then once you fish them out of that water, the color, <laughs> I'm a, as you can tell already, I'm like a color and a, and a texture kind of guy. I swore for years that I wasn't a texture guy, but I'm complaining about the smoothness of hot dogs. It really kind of gets to you. So that <laughs> hot dog water just really, even just thinking about it now, man, I'm disgusted. Yo, if you leave it there for like a day, that 
and like all it congeals up top oh. on the water. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not the best. I'll give you that. But boil boil is not a bad way though. I think isn't that the healthiest way out of all the ways that you do dogs? I don't know if you can use healthy and hot dogs in the same sentence unless you're saying they are not healthy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You could be right. And I know that at least at some ballparks, that's how they serve them. You know, you have the guys, like I went to old Yankee Stadium many moons ago, and there's a guy who, he walks around, kind of like those guys, you know, who walk around with the beer coolers, but he had a hot dog thing strapped around his neck, which looked like it must have hurt like crazy. But I remember seeing him kind of fish the hot dogs out of the water, and I couldn't see the water, so I got one. And it was only $5, which for a ballpark dog is not bad, unfortunately. And I think because I didn't see the water directly, I was like, you know what? This is okay. I'm okay (laughs) with it. But if I see the water, it's game over, man. I can't do it. (laughs) And next time uh, in like 2025, when we go on another trip together, I'll I'll make sure to make you uh, a full like 12 pack of dogs in in like and boil them. As long as you don't tell me. No, no, I'm going to do it right in front of you. <laughs> and I'll and I'm going to throw them right back in your face. <laughs> so just get ready. All right, why don't we uh, get into it, though? Let's do it. off here episode one as you heard from the intro we're talking about red wieners so as a quick summary of the highlights of the episode we have the show start and we meet marilyn who seems to be a regular she comes in we learn that she's an exotic dancer she talks about her boyfriend and then later on we meet ryu as she leaves the diner ryu who is a yakuza and kind of the focal point of this episode he comes in with a subordinate named gen so we have a bit of a flashback to see how he met the master when he first came into the diner. Marilyn, who comes back in, she reveals very quickly that she broke up with her boyfriend. So she's talking to one of the other regulars named Kosuzu, who is the owner of a gay bar. So they talk back and forth about falling in love a little bit too easily, which may come in later, hint, hint. Later on, we see Ryu and Gen walking through an underpass. They get attacked. Ryu ends up in the hospital. So Kosuzu had kind of taken a liking to Ryu. So he goes to the diner, gets some food from Master, goes to visit Ryu in the hospital. They have a little nice interaction there where he puts his hand on Ryu's thigh and Ryu takes it away just as quickly. And the episode ends with a mysterious man in the diner talking about keeping your distance from life. And just as Master is about to close the diner, a woman comes in and asks for a certain dish called cat's rice. And we are left with to be continued. And those are the highlights. What was your general thoughts about this episode? I thought this was a great first episode. We meet maybe about three characters, not including the Master. But there were three characters... They didn't have equal screen time, which I liked, because I liked that they seemed to focus mostly on Ryu. And as we know, the episode is about him and his love of red wieners. And it really sets a nice framework. We get a nice glimpse of his life. How about you? 
I really liked it, and it's been a while since I've watched a... I guess you can consider this a J-drama, right? Would you be able... Like, I don't know, or just a Japanese show. I, I, I don't know how to classify it. I gotta be honest, I've never watched a J-drama. Something that caught me was like, I, and just thinking about it now and trying to think outside the box whenever watching these episodes for our show, what do you think of the acting? There were some times where I felt it was a little over the top. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if they were trying to really hammer home that he's a Yakuza. So he's going to be really stern and uncaring on the surface. But there were some times where I felt like it wasn't really that real. But I didn't mind it. Because yeah. I know that, you know, I'm not watching Citizen Kane here. I totally get it. But I just, I wanted to dive into it just a little bit. Of like why it seems they overact is. I got my snorkel ready. Let's dive, baby. <laughs> so when I was looking into it, they overact because a lot of their TV shows and media are highly influenced by traditional Japanese theater, and compared to the stuff that we consume growing up with, like our TV shows and movies, where it's like it's not like the Western standard of those types of movies. Japanese TV and, and movies were highly influenced by the traditional Japanese theater, like a Kabuki theater, where it was all about how much you can express yourself, like, and how hyperbolic you can be. When I noticed that, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is, they do tend to, to be over the top, as you say, or like, over, like, overact. And I don't know much about the history of Kabuki, so I'm not even going to try to guess Actually, no, that's a lie. I'm going to try to guess 100% because that, <laughs> that's what life is about, man. We guess, we speculate, but I would assume that if you're a bit exaggerated as far as the acting goes, you can sort of set these different character types. This is the hero because the hero does A, B, and C. This is the villain. This is the villain because the villain mm -hmm. does X, Y, and Z. And then you take it from there. Yeah. And at least in the media that I consume in the shows that I've watched... It's funny if you kind of have this, like, generic character type, but then you see what happens, and you can make them evolve, and you can show different sides of them. And I, I could imagine maybe that some of the thought process here, because we have Ryu, and as I said before, he comes in, and when he passes by Marilyn as she's leaving the diner, he doesn't even look at her. He just keeps going. But we see later on, he does some small things that show, okay, he's not this completely, like, stone-faced, uncaring person. Yeah, especially that growing relationship between him and Kosuzu. Like, that, and I said this before, like, how they handle these stories in such a short amount of time is, is pretty impressive when you really think about how short these episodes are, but seeing growth. And, like, the passing of time. Obviously, we don't know how many days or weeks, even, was in between the flashback and, and from how many times he went to the diner. But I thought that was just really, really well done. And like you said, because they can do it in such a short amount of time, they really have to make sure that they do it well, which they do, mm -hmm. to the point yeah. where if we don't learn anything else about the relationship between Ryu and Kosuzu, I'd be okay with that. Because it's at a point now where I can just kind of put it to bed and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the first episode. Really, really fun to watch. So within this episode, there are a couple different themes that we see, right? Things that we have both discussed and that we kind of were able to pick out. 
And for me, one of the themes that was really prevalent in this episode was honor. For example, you have the master who seems he's honorable in a way where he doesn't really care if you're a regular person off the street or a Yakuza. You're going to pay for your food. And I have no problem letting you know what I expect when you come into my diner. Or he'll pull out that knife. And I saw that Gen saw that, and I think he kind of, like, he was a bit shocked when he saw that. That was a great touch. Then we have Ryu, who, again, is a Yakuza. But we see him be honorable in the sense that when Master asks him to pay for the other guy's meal, he sort of chased a junior member out of the diner when he and Gen first came in in the flashback. He pays for it. And he not only pays for it, but he kind of tips him in a weird way. He gives him way, way more than the 2,000 yen that Master asked for, and he tells him to keep the change. And they don't tip in Japan, so this is... I looked at it as a sign of sort of honor and respect. Like, he was acknowledging the Master. Tipping in Japan is seen as disrespectful because it's like, if you were to tip, it's like, well, I'm just doing my job. So it is a little bit disrespectful. So this may go beyond that. And then we have Gen, who for me is the most interesting case here because I think in one respect you can argue that he's being honorable by trying to stick up for his master or defend his master because when the master of the diner says hey you gotta pay for the other guy's meal too again says why should my boss pay for that it's not his obligation so in that way he's showing respect to Ryu but then he's sort of being dishonorable I think to the master so it's kind of interesting and for me, it, it really got me thinking about the whole concept of honor and what it is. And when we see a person like Gen, who's, he's not so much conflicted, but it made me think about his morals and if he was an honorable person. So where are you on this? Did you think any character really exemplified honor in a certain way? Or did you have any, any issues with how anything was portrayed? What I would like to highlight is Gen specifically. The battle between like what he thought was right versus what is ultimately right with like respecting other people, especially somebody else in their own shop. That dynamic, or can I say dichotomy? I don't know if like that's an actual way, <laughs> a word that I can use there between like his own personal morals and doing the right thing or being honorable. It kind of makes you think about the idea of an absolute truth or an absolute good and absolute mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. And as far as the obligations that we feel like we may have to other people versus society at large, with any sort of a subgroup, and you could even extend this like to companies or to being like a sports fan, you have a loyalty to a group or a company or a team. But what happens when that goes against what is socially acceptable? You know, I'll pick on sports. I'm a moderate sports fan. I've kind of toned it down, but I was never really extreme about it as felix can hopefully you... attest to i'm really putting myself out here question mark i'm not gonna like are this you... answer are you sure i thought it took, it took you as a fanatic okay i am smart <laughs> folks you heard it here first i am smart now i say that not to talk, not to talk myself up but i feel like you can be a reasonable <laughs> fanatic about something. You know, I'm okay. not out there, like, getting drunk, getting into fights. I've never gotten into okay. a fight, uh, even right. a verbal fight. 
you know, you meet someone who's a fan of a different team. It doesn't matter. But there are people who kind of take it to that extreme. But I think there's a fork in the road of like when you re- like when you're trying to classify a level of a sports fan. There might be, and that fork might be on one end a fanatic, like a, a knowledge fanatic, and then on the other end is that like loud, abrasive, uh, confrontational fan fanatic. You know, at the, on the other end, you sure. know what I mean? Just that level, because you have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things in sports and that's why i'm saying you're you're on that upper echelon of of a of of sports fandom so even within that we can look at honor and loyalty you're loyal to your team okay so some i like where this is going okay so some people might do something for example get into a drunken shouting match with a cowboys fan because they believe well I'm an Eagles fan, so this is what we do. I am I am defending the team, right? And for a more serious example, if you have someone who's involved with embezzlement and money laundering mm-hmm. in a company, they think, well, okay, I have this honor to the company, but it's not the right thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then if you ask a person, you say, okay, well, where where is your head at? They might say, well, it was all for the company. It was all about protecting the company. And I feel like I'm a part of the company. I wanted to see it grow. I don't want to see anything bad happen to it. And it, it, it makes you think. I mean, it's easy for us to say, okay, well, that's wrong. And I will say that that, <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, no, you know, there's a point. But I think this just kind of goes to show you how complicated the idea of honor and loyalty can be. You know what? You are smart. Felix, I've been waiting 13 years for you to say that. (laughs) And now on this day, July 18th, 2020, I finally got it. So thank you. Now our friendship In the after times. July 18th, 2020, after times. In the after Um, times. AT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you mind? Can we move on? Felix, I got what I wanted from you already. Damn it. Uh, The theme that I would like to discuss and I thought that was most prevalent to me um, was the dangers of falling in love too fast uh, or too easily. Um, I don't know if you're guilty of this, but I know for I've been guilty of this, especially at a young age. I'm trying to think because my gut reaction is to say no, but it's probably yes, because I think everyone has at least one point in their lives, you know. Mm -hmm. And and there's a big difference between saying, hey, I'm interested in this person to I know what color our accent wall is going to be in our living room. Right. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point, but there's certainly been a in in acceleration of thoughts in my head for someone that I probably met five minutes ago. But I think that's true for everybody. I think maybe the line to be drawn is outright saying I like that person and I want to date that person. That that might be like that. That's kind of a hard line that I'm drawing here. If you are guilty of falling in love too easily, or if you ever were guilty of falling in love too easily. But there's nothing wrong with that. Which part of the line? The one that you just said, like you when you have the accelerated thoughts, or dating the person too fast and saying that you're in love with them. I, I didn't get to that part yet. Okay. That's the other, that's the other part of the line. Okay. Then I withdraw because... my statement, Your Honor. I withdraw. <laughs> okay. No. So relating it back to the episode, there's two 
and this is the parallels that I was talking about in episode zero that I really, really like what they did was that they had Marilyn, who was the obvious case of falling in love too easily. And you can tell when she says, like, when I have caught it, courts, it has to be medium rare. And then at the end, when they break up, like, Master noticed that he, uh, she broke up with her boyfriend because she asked for it raw. Also, Kosuzu uh, falling in love with Ryu way too fast. He doesn't talk. And, and here's the point that I wanted to make is the reason why it's dangerous is because what tends to happen with uh, these type of people is that you fill in the gaps in their personality. And, and this is especially apparent with Kosuzu and Ryu's relationship because Ryu doesn't say anything. And Kosuzu is filling in, probably in his head, filling in all these gaps of what he's like when they're not together. Like, he already feels like he knows him with no evidence at all. At least verbal evidence, right? So then he thinks he knows him, and then the danger to that is that you ignore all the evidence to the contrary. So it's like, I feel that, like, in my, in my past, I definitely experienced this. I think it depends on how well you think you can truly know a person because you talk to different people and I say, oh, I know you. Like if someone asked me, I'd say, oh, I know Felix so well. There are plenty of things that I'm sure I don't know about you. No, you probably know a lot about me. You probably know the majority of things about me, especially if, like how many deep conversations we've had in the past. All right, that's fair. Right off the hip, like I can't think of more than like two things you might not know about me like just right off the top of my head and that's because we talk so much <laughs> come to think though that'd be upsetting i mean i told you about all of my sonic fan fiction that i write <laughs> yeah so if there was something i didn't know about you exactly. i think it'd be a little ticked off i was your um your idea board for all your sonic fanfic yeah so for some people though i think there is an idea because of how we talk about language and you know communication about how we try to approximate the feelings that we have with words. And for some people, they feel like they really can't be understood by anyone, not even their spouse or someone in their family or someone who, who, who they might consider to be their best friend. So I think in a lot of relationships, to some extent, and I think that gap does get smaller and smaller, but to some degree, there is a projection that we do. And there is yeah. a filling in that gap as small as it may be. Of course, there's much more to fill in if you just met someone, in the case of Kosuzu and Ryu, and even if they had met before, because we don't know that this is the first time that they've met. This is the first time that we see them interact because this, this is the first episode of the show. There's more to fill in here. I think that gap is bigger here. You'd try to close that gap, but I think inherently, we all do that to a certain extent. This goes back into the beginning of what I was saying in response to... Just in the beginning of uh, us talking of the, of the discussion, we don't know the, the, the time span, right? This entire episode takes place. But I think there is a hard stop on that at the end of the episode where it's Kosozu and Ryu on the top of the hospital. When he's talking about like, well, why do you love red wieners? I hope sometime you would tell me the story of why you like red wieners. And he doesn't respond. And then he's like, well, I hope you listen to my story of why I like uh, this, what is it, the sweet uh, rolled omelet? Yeah. So, like, that tells me that they haven't talked, like, or, or at least gone that deep in their relationship yet. To bring it back to what you were saying earlier when you were first talking about this theme, 
we see that Marilyn is, as you said, the more obvious example. She comes in, I'm dating someone. Oh, I'm not dating them anymore. And Kosuzu's story we see develop as the episode goes on. But about halfway through, we see a conversation between Marilyn and Kosuzu. And Kosuzu makes fun of Marilyn. He sort of chastises her a little bit for, for, for falling in love too easily. And she's like, what are you talking about, guy? Like, you're falling in love with a Yakuza. Like, you got no chance there. So we see these two characters, but we're shown it in in such different ways, which is great. Yeah, and, and that is the beauty of this show. And I hope they do this more of, like, doing these, like, parallels between these multiple regular characters or whatever characters introduce that episode within such a short amount of time. Showtime, I'm you know, like within like the 20, 30 minutes of however long the episode is. But yeah, that is definitely a highlight of this show. Honestly, more of that dude at the end who was sitting playing with those peanuts. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> yeah. was so cool, I mean, man. We're Next episode, right? So. God, I hope so. I hope he's there. <laughs> Why don't you just never show him again? But see, he, he's that perfect character for that to like, for them to do that to. Mm-hmm. Because what are you talking about, dude? Like, you have to, like, keep your distance from life? What the fuck does that mean? But I want to know. He knew about COVID. Social distance. Six feet apart. He's a prophet. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't wearing a mask. Because uh, it's fake. Right. <laughs> All right, well, good first discussion, man. Do you have anything else? No, nah, I, I think that's it. All right. You? I think so, too. Okay. All right. Uh, why don't we just wrap it up with uh, some housework? Let's do it. We are officially now all, all up and running. Uh, it, everything seems a little bit rough. We're still ironing out some wording with certain things. Because as you may know from my tweets, I am not very articulate, nor very good at English, as you can tell right there. Hey, um, but, hey, <laughs> wait, stop. What? Be nice to yourself. Okay, fine. Not just Fine. for you, but for anyone who's listening. Be nice to yourself. Don't talk bad about yourself. Ever. That's okay. Okay. All right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I will. Ex- okay. Uh, so, yeah, please follow us on uh, Twitter at Irashai Pod. So that's I R A S S H A I P O D. There you'll see our episode releases, and we'll just be tweeting out some random stuff about the show. Uh, and I'm going to be better about social media with our new show. So please also look us up on iTunes, uh, Spotify, or your favorite podcast listening apps. I think our iTunes submission is still pending. We should be hearing back from them by the end of today. Um, so by the time this is out, we should be on iTunes. So please, please leave us a review, um, and uh, that will help us grow. I have a seance with Steve Jobs later on. I'm going to summon okay, him so and hopefully hurry that up. Just put us, like, ask him if you could just put us, like, not even, like, like number one podcast, like, above, like, uh, Joe Bunner, like, uh, or Joe Rogan. Why are all the Joes at the top of the podcasting world? But anyway, like, maybe just, like, number seventh in the world? I think that's, like, a fair thing. Like, just make us seventh. I think seventh's pretty good. But wait, you have Joe Rogan and who who else were you Joe Budden. Of? Oh, the his, rapper? His podcast is huge. Yeah, you, he's what? huge. Are you serious? A hundred percent. Yeah, he's, like, one of the top podcasters. It's, like... Joe Rogan, Joe Button. <laughs> what does he talk about? Music mostly, but just anything. 
I gotta get on that. And it and and it's actually a decent podcast. It, it is. It's. I yeah. And he also releases like uh, YouTube stuff, which which is also something that we want to do. Not video like they do, but just I'm gonna be releasing our episodes also on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we're 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 really gonna go hard with this one. So please please help us out by retweeting, reviewing, and uh, hit us up on Twitter if you want us to answer your questions or read your comments on air. And uh, if we have time, we'll definitely try to try to address them. Please. <laughs> please i don't want to sound desperate already but you know what i'm throwing all caution no, to the yeah, wind no. yeah 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 Let, let's just let's just go go strong from uh episode one all right why don't you close up shop oh i like that <laughs> i like that a lot <laughs> that was good see when you think good about yourself good things will happen all right dad no, I'm thinking more of like a Mary Poppins because I feel like I'm stern like her. <laughs> Spoonful of sugar. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw that movie, I really wanted to jump out of my window with an with umbrella. an umbrella, and I'm glad I didn't. Actually, that's not no, true. Could, I regret not you could doing do it. that. Yeah, <laughs> you regret it. <laughs> well, hey, when you're like five years old, I would jump down entire flights of stairs. I'd be like, hey. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. Watch this. And then just jumped down an entire flight of stairs. Today, I couldn't jump more than three stairs. I would, like, my ankles would go through my knees. Yeah. Yeah, my knees are made of uh, sawdust. So, like, yeah, it would just... I would just, like, disintegrate as a human. Uh, Yeah, I have a funny story. Real quick funny story. When I was a kid, um, my cousin worked for a publishing company and i got all the dr seuss books whenever a new one came out i got them and i had a whole collection of them my dumbass wouldn't read them but instead make a slide on the stairs with them like i would put them like uh what is that like a 90 degree angle no not a 90 what is a 45 degree angle on each step yeah and then i would sit on one and i think like oh it's an actual slide but what happened was is like when after i went down the first one the first one would cave in and would break the it would bend the book and i just would i fell down the stairs and like i almost broke like a family like heirloom vase at the end of like at like the 90 degree turn at the end of the stairs that we had but yeah i was i was a real smart kid you almost crashed to the first edition of Hop on Pop. Yeah, and uh, Go Dog Go. But uh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Close up shop. This was episode one of Eat a Shy. We hope you enjoyed. Thanks so much for listening. This is Jim. This is Felix. We'll see you soon. Peace.